Hello and welcome to the Donfather, family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. And what would be more Essendon of the last 20 years than beating a team inside the eight and following that up with a ridiculous loss to a team on the bottom of the ladder. Laura, this season cannot end quick enough for us suffering Essendon supporters. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, That was such an Essendon thing to do, wasn't it? Um, To lose to the bottom team. Let's talk about some positives, though. Well... Wait, it's not even a football-related positive. Oh, okay, okay. Let's get into the preamble. Yeah, I, I was watching the game from a beautiful location. Well, a hotel room, but I was in sunny Noosa, so at least that softened the blow a little bit. Mm, well, lucky for you. It was lucky for me. Officially, I was there for work, um, but there was a lot of relaxation time as well. So I guess, yeah, best of both worlds. Softened, softened the blow of a very crappy performance. Well, no, I won't say it was a very crappy performance, but a loss. Mm. It, look, I my first impression after the game was that, you know what, that, that performance was okay, and had we kicked straight, we would have won. Um, but I'm, spoiler alert, as we get into it a little bit later, um, I'm not of that opinion anymore now that I've done a bit of a review of the game and the stats, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, West Coast probably had their best team for the year in. Um, They were missing Nick Nat and they were missing McGovern. But admittedly, the same can be said for us. The only players we were missing uh, were Parrish and uh, McGrath. And... I would say that probably evens out overall. Um, mm. It's, I mean, it's very disappointing. And I think there's uh, issues. I think the issues go all the way back to selection with this one. Um, and, you know, the old faithful that we talk about in terms of player injury management, bringing players back, them getting injured, doing the same muscle, soft tissue injuries. Um, you know, the week that they come back in. Mm. Um, You're talking about McGrath specifically? Well, this time it was McGrath. Um, mm. And Parrish has now missed two weeks. With, with a corky. Calf. Yeah, calf corky, which in reality is three weeks because he didn't finish the game the week before. It's It must have been a real bad corky um, for him to miss three games. Mm. I mean, you take into account the flight over to Perth as well. They're, they're not great. It's not great to go up to altitude when you've got bleeding in your muscles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, it's taken a long time to settle down. Um, and does Parrish make a difference? Maybe. Um, Shield's performances have been better since Parrish has been out, so who knows? Mm, um, Shield had a good game. He did. Look, there were quite a few players that had good performances. But the fact remains the same that we had a really good performance against a team that was inside the top eight, and we've seen that they've lost again today. Mm, Um, So maybe that actually says more about St Kilda than it does about Essendon. But St Kilda are better than West Coast, regardless of of how they're playing. St Kilda are better than West Coast, and we beat them last week. And as has been our problem for the majority of my adult life watching football, uh, we just do not have consistency of performance throughout the game and we do not have consistency of of performance across a season. And Mm. yet again, we are let down by just a a really poor second half performance from Essendon. If we'd turned off that game at halftime, I reckon we would have, or if, you know, the game finished at halftime, we're in a pretty good position. We think it's been a really good performance. But then... They come out after halftime, um, even though we were down at halftime. They come out after halftime and really don't do much. 
Mm. They stay in the game, but don't don't put any pressure on, don't put any scoreboard pressure on, never get the lead, really, um, after the halfway point of the third quarter. It, it's just um, it's just more of the same, just more of the same. I might have to disagree a little bit. Like, yes, it was more of the same in the second half. However, over the last couple of weeks, the effort has been much better and, and you can see their game plan a little bit coming to fruition. They don't look as poorly skilled or as um, flustered or under pressure as what they have been in previous weeks. I, I feel like they're starting to play better together as a team and have have some structure to what they're doing. So even though we did lose again, their effort and intent and execution, I feel, has been better than what it has been previously. Mm. I I would agree with that assessment that um, the team looks more coherent and cohesive and there does appear to be some kind of defensive game plan and some kind of offensive game plan. Um, I, I do agree with that. But this was a bottom team. They've had a woeful season. They'd beaten one other team to this point of the year. It's extremely Essendon to lose yeah. to the bottom team. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, for, for Rutten to come out and say we've got positives to take away from that, we're, we're sick of hearing it. I don't want to take positives away. The only positive I want to take away is four points. Mm. It's, it's just not good enough. Um, so if we jump into our likes and dislikes, let's start with a dislike. And I'm going to start with selection. Um, I don't think Snelling and Langford should have come into the team when they've been out for three quarters of the season, or out for three months, I should say, uh, effectively. They play one game in the VFL, of which we know that Snelling only played three quarters of the game. Um to then come into a game where they travel to Perth and play on the biggest ground in the AFL. These two were not match fit and they faded in and out of the game um, and certainly hurt us late in that game when we needed a boost. So I'm sorry, but that is a ridiculous selection to go with when we had Cutler dominating in the VFL um, and Ham last week had a decent game. And at least he can run to space and pressure and, and get near the ball. So whether his disposal is, is good or poor, um, at least he was able to run defensively. So, And Langford and Snelling, I was relatively pleased with their performance for their first game back. Um, but just a ridiculous decision to make to bring them in when going to the biggest ground in the league after one game of which Snelling played three quarters. It just, it, it's just laughable. If I was going to play devil's advocate, because like I do, I do agree with that. If Snelling hasn't even played a full game in the VFL, then what are you doing selecting him for the AFL side? However, their reasoning may have been that we're playing the bottom team. So it would be good versus like this week where we're playing Sydney. Do you think it was maybe let's give them a run at AFL level and possibly a bit of cockiness in terms of, oh, well, we beat the Saints and these guys are the bottom team and they've been depleted. Not that Essendon has any reason to be cocky whatsoever because they've had very poor performances all year, but I wonder if that was possibly the reasoning for those two? I think they rush them back because they need wins and they're just putting the best players on the park that they can. But the reality mm. is our season's done and it's been done since halftime of round one and play fit players. And I would have much preferred Snelling and Langford to come in against Sydney this week, having played another full game in the VFL and potentially had two players that could have contributed more and potentially got us over the line with Cutler's mm. engine, with Ham's engine um, and allowing them to play on that big open ground. I just think it was a 
really poor idea. And if they've brought them in because they thought they were playing the bottom team, well, we'll get some miles in their legs against the bottom team. What a stupid decision to make. I, I feel Cutler gets a really raw deal. Like the number, he is dropped so many times, not in proportion to his performances. Like well, he's definitely not our best player, but he's also not our worst. Well, it depends what his role is. And he may not be performing an aspect of his role that we're not aware of. Like he may not be doing the defensive stuff well enough, or he may not be getting enough of the ball going forward. Um, he's not going to be playing off halfback while we've got Redmond, Hind and D'Ambrosio playing. So he's not going to be playing in defence. So then you've got to look at the wing. Um, and we've been playing Durham on the wing and Langford plays a little bit on the wing. Uh, we'll be playing Perkins, Hobbs, uh, Caldwell, ha- uh, Nick Martin running through the wing. So it's, yeah, it may be a, he doesn't quite have a spot at the moment, but I would have taken as, as much as I thought Langford's performance, given it was his first game back was good. I would have preferred a fit Tom Cutler on the wing on Friday mm. night over Kyle Langford. Yes. Now, if, yes. You've got, if you've got a fit Kyle Langford, he is in the team regardless. He's, he's just one of our best players. So he's got to play, but he's not fit yet. It's going to take a couple of games. He's missed all of the season this far. So um, that's my concern. I, I think selection was really poor. Really, mm. really poor. Mm. Yeah. I was excited to see them in, but mm. they, yeah, I don't think their performance performances justified their selection. Mm. So what Snelling, had Langford? Sorry, Snelling go. had 11 touches and Langford had 17. And what, what had his... How many weeks had he played in the VFL? Langford? They one. They both played one week in the VFL. Right. Yeah. Well, after that amount of time, it's definitely not enough time. So, um, yeah, that was my first dislike was selection. Woeful. Mm. Yeah. I've got a like. Mm. I thought Mason Redmond had a good game. Mason Redmond's in really good form. Um, mm. and he's continuing his really good form. He's damaging with the football. He takes a game on. He defends really well. Um, he makes good decisions. He's pretty close to the first name on the team sheet, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I really rate him. I even saw a thing. There was a, um, a thing that popped up after last week's game mm. Um, while Track was doing his press conference and it said that Mason Redmond had a career-high 31 disposals at 94% efficiency. That was last week's game. But I thought he had a really good game again. Mm. He's, um, yeah, I really like Mason Redmond and I think he's a really integral part of our team at the moment. Mm. For sure. I'm really liking Dylan Shields' performances. He's cleaned up his disposal and decision-making a lot. And yeah. he looks like a confident senior player again. So I'm really happy with Shield. I'm really happy with, with Merritt. Um, both, you know, performing. Um, whatever they're doing with Shield, when Parrish comes back, you cannot change his role. He has mm-hmm. to keep doing what he's doing. Um, and you've got to work out a system around that. Um, yeah, because, I agree. I we're agree. getting the best out of Shield at the moment. And he adds something that our other midfielders don't have, which is pace. Yes. Although, you know, you said merit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like he, he do, oh, he's a good player. I rate Zach Merritt. There was a few times where under pressure, like oh, I guess that's the thing if there's pressure, but quite a few turnovers I felt from Zach Merritt. Um. In the last few weeks, anyway, almost like when when there's a bit too much action or it's a, there's a bit too much pressure, he seems to come unstuck a little bit. Yeah, well, I think that's just the nature of the position that he plays, mm. um, and the nature of of where he's getting the ball and what he's trying to do with the ball. Um, but you know, he's he's playing at his consistent level, um, and has been for for quite a while. Mm. Um, Peter Wright, was that mm. the worst full goal performance that you have seen from any key forward ever? Yeah, he's not doing well, is he? Like, 
He did kick four goals, but over the last probably six weeks, he's not done a lot for the team. Well, he just didn't do anything after half time. And mm. he missed three shots that he would normally... Look, and you can have a bad day in front of goal. You can have a bad day kicking. But with Peter Wright, once they block his space and double-team him and work him out, he definitely fades from the game. Um, he's... Yeah, that... And, you know, it might be scapegoating because he missed kickable goals and we lost by less than two goals. But if he kicks straight... But the game's over at half time. He should have yes. had six goals in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, Our accuracy, accuracy definitely hurt us once again this week. And West Coast, like it kind of matched up in terms of the number of behinds that they had. However, when they were sort of coming back and we were significant, like there was a point, I think, even halfway through the third quarter where they had like, very few, like I want to say five or less behinds, and we had about 11 or 12. So so we kick 5-5 five, five in the first quarter, and they kick 3-3. Three, three. If if that becomes 7-3, mm. then um, you're up by 30 points, and they don't get to hang in the game. Their accuracy kept them in the game. So the second quarter, they kick six goals for our two. So we kick two goals, five yeah. in the second quarter, and they kick six goals. Yep. And then after halftime, they didn't come out with any intensity at all. Yeah. And and that, so that accuracy kept them in the game um, and then got them in front sort of by halftime. Whereas if we'd been more accurate early, I think that the whole momentum shift shifts for half, after halftime. Mm. Right. Um, you know, to kick two five in the second quarter, even if you kick four goals, three, mm. right? The difference is is huge. It's huge yeah. at that point. Or um, even three goals, four. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a significant difference. Um, so that inaccuracy didn't put enough scoreboard pressure on. Their accuracy from really few entries, we, we were really poor at defending their entries. They, they were getting shots on goal um, in almost every entry that they went in, and then they were kicking them. Right, so our inability mm. to defend or to stop them getting entries, and then our inability to defend when it went inside fifty, really, really hurt us. And it was only late that they got a few behinds from rushed and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, so really, poor, poor, bad kicking is bad football, um, and it really, really cost us. So particularly when the bombers have. This year, we've struggled to get forward entries and have that, I guess, pressure in our forward half. When you ha- are having those limited opportunities, you want to be converting them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we, we created a heap of opportunities, particularly in the first half, um, and didn't take them. And so that's the pleasing aspect of of our game plan or our performances at the moment is that we are creating turnovers in the forward half um, and particularly against West Coast who historically are a really good field kicking team. They're really accurate. Um, and to be able to creating those turnovers and getting that pressure on is pleasing. Um, I mean, the next step is is taking those opportunities. But mm. I think back to, to last year and to be content or have some pleasing aspects about a performance like this, it really shows where we are as a football club because it, oh, it's, yeah. it's woeful. Like, Yeah, we I should, agree. We should have smashed West Coast. Um, you know, we should have won by six goals, regardless of whether it was in Perth or Melbourne. It should have been a very comfortable win. And once again, we come away with a loss. Yes, um, I agree 100%. so much where we are as a football club. Yes, I had something I was going to say, but I completely lost my train of thought. So give me something and hopefully it'll come back to me. So a big concern for me was that um, we were unable to adjust once their midfield started to get on top. And we were unable to adjust once they, I mean, Simpson's a premiership coach, right? Mm. But they very clearly 
just started getting in front of Peter Wright's space. And the fact yeah. that we weren't able to adjust our forward structures to then start to create more opportunities for ourselves was a really big concern for me coming out of the coaching box. If they're sending two to Peter Wright, then it means someone's got no opponent. So mm. some composure around getting the ball to that free person, maybe bringing that person to the contest, who knows, whatever you need to do. Um, or making sure that that third player or that second player that's going to Peter Wright, you follow that player. So you're competing in the air with them and then having crummers around them. Um, mm. Just, I'm very disappointed with our inability to, to change things in the middle of the game. I am, um, you know, this Peter Wright thing that you've, you've mentioned it a couple of times, like with him being double teamed mm. or like people getting on top of him. So is it, a Peter Wright problem or is it a team problem or is it both? Is it that both. he's not able to handle the pressure or, yeah, or is it the team that's not supporting him? I think it's both. I think it's it's delivery to Peter Wright. I think it's the speed of ball movement, allowing the opposition to set up behind the ball. Um, but then I think it's also him being able to impact the contest when he's not getting his hands on the football. So what does he then do to change the trajectory of his game? Like Matthew mm. Lloyd was really good at, at hitting people, you know, not always mm. fairly, but most of the time fairly. Really mm. good at using his big body to actually impact the contest on the ground, lay a tackle, lay a bump, that sort of thing. Um, and it's just not something that Peter Wright seems to do. Um, yeah, it almost looks like... If Peter Wright is in free space and there's nobody around him and the ball comes straight to him, he can take that mark and kick the goal. But if there's more players and there's a contest, he's not able to. It's his height that gets him marks and he's generally got good hands, right? Um, and, f you know, if you look at his season in its entirety, it's it's been an improvement on last year, which was an improvement on his first year at, at the Bombers. Um, and an improvement on, on his time at the Gold Coast, right? So, so he, are we he, just being too harsh? Is that what you're saying? Well, he doesn't have much support at this stage, right? Mm. And that's why you need two key forwards, because if they double-team one, then... And, I mean, Harrison Jones didn't have a great game. He bobbed up for a couple of, go of goals. But, I mean, he's in his third year, so... Mm. Um, and Stringer not... had a good first quarter, but that mm. was about it. Mm, that's right. So, like, too many of our players faded in the game late, and mm. we weren't able to adjust, get them back into the game, um, which is a really, really disappointing part. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember what I was going to say before now. Mm. Josh Kennedy. Why is it that these key forwards every time come out and have a field day against the Bombers? Talking Buddy, Josh Kennedy... Um, Tom Hawkins, every time they just seem to have these games where they just kick bags, always against the Bombers. Well, Josh Kennedy's kicked a lot of bags against a lot of teams. Um, and he's just a really good forward. Um, it really irritates me. He's really accurate. Uh, he can take a mark on a lead. He's, he's just a good player. Um, but when you can't, defend the ball up the ground. There's, it doesn't matter who you've got playing on Josh Kennedy. If he's able to lead into space and have a player kick it in front of him, he's going to beat anyone. So, mm. And we don't really have any big defenders at the moment. For some reason, they thought that playing three, three mid-sized defenders um, is good enough. I mean, Ridley's against him and Against him and Darling, who are both like behemoths of men. No, I think Laverde actually matches up on Darling quite well. Let's have a look. Let's see how tall Jack Darling is. Um, but certainly Kennedy's around 200 centimetres. Uh, 191 and Laverde's 188. So it's only a, it's only three centimetres. Mm. Um, so it's I think he's a good match up there. And Josh Kelly's 190. So both of those guys are, are fairly decent matchups for Darling, mm. but we just didn't have a good matchup for Kennedy. But having said that, doesn't like I said, this doesn't matter who's on him if he's getting 
you know, easy trans. They're getting easy transition and unpressured delivery into the forward line. Mm-mm. Yeah, mm. I thought Laverde was reasonable. Yeah, for for someone who plays a thankless position like that, um, you know, he just does his best. Um, mm. The the ball when when you allow the team to move it that way, there's not much you can do. Mm. We're seeing it a little bit more. We're getting. And this is a positive. We're getting games into Hobbs. He seems to be growing into his role. Mm. Um, you know, Perkins had some nice moments. Um, we're seeing Caldwell start to perform really consistently. So our young brigade is is continually improving. Nick Martin, how this kid is not being touted as the favourite for the rising star, I do not know. Mm. Um but another really, really good performance from him. So, our what question? Sorry to interrupt. What did you think of the inclusion of Zach Reed? I feel like he looked a little bit um, undersized, like not undersized, like a bit out of his league. Zach Reed didn't play. Who was number th- the Reed? The oh Brian. Sorry, I'm not thinking about Zach Reed. I'm thinking about Nick Bryan. Nick Bryan, I think. We we've got a system where we're playing two rucks. Nick Bryan, a bit like um, Hobbs, is going to be a really good AFL ruckman one day. Mm. Uh, Phillips needed a rest, and he came in. Um, yeah, you know, the more that you play him, the more consistent he's going to get. Um, having said that, I think he had a better game than Sam Draper. Oh, Sam, Sam Draper did not the- have a. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't feel like Sam Draper had a very good game. Like, he, we've discovered that Draper, you know, last week didn't have a lot of possessions but really impacted the game. Hmm. Um, however, I don't feel like he really impacted at all. Like, there are a few times I kind of thought to myself, oh, where's Sam Draper? What's he up to? He had a, yeah, he didn't really have a lot of impact, I didn't feel. Well, he got um, 25 hitouts. Um, and we did win the hitouts, mm. but um, the but thing that would I, you agree with that assessment or no? Yeah, he wasn't as good as last week. No way. He had a similar amount of um, possessions, but not as good as last week. Mm. Um, the thing I like about Draper is when when he's not getting his hands on a football, he impacts with his physicality and mm. with his body. So there's a lot of work that you don't, you may not notice around the contest that he puts in. Um, so look, I'm. I'm happy to play those two and I'm happy to continue to play those two because the dividends in two years will be really high. Mm. Mm. I think Nick Bryan, ideally, I think will make the better forward of the two because he's a bit more agile and he just reads the play being a natural footballer. And he's a better kick. If, mm. if, if Nick Bryan got the shots on goal that Sam Draper did, he would kick more goals. Um, yes. but, but for some reason, they're not resting Brian in the forward line at the moment. They're only resting mm. Draper in the forward line. I'm not sure why. It might be a fitness thing. Who knows? Yeah, don't know. But yeah, I just felt like he looked a little bit like a bit out of his league. But yeah. I, I respect that he's a young player. Mm. And yeah, he'll he's a similar one to Harry Jones, a similar one to Ben Hobbs, a similar one to, you know, all those players, Perkins, that... Our season's done. I'd rather be playing Nick Bryan as much as I really like Andrew Phillips. I, I think mm-hmm. he's a really good um, AFL ruckman, particularly in a in a two ruck setup. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather at this stage get games into Bryan because we know what Phillips can do. He's not developing. He'll come in and do a job. Mm-hmm. Um, we might as well get games into Bryan and get him some experience. So are you saying just keep Phillips? as like a bit of an emergency if someone's injured? Well, I think so. No, I, I'm, I'm saying that for this year. Right. Like next year, when hopefully we've improved and we're consistent and aiming for finals, etc., then you play whoever's in the best form, whether that's Draper, whether that's Brian, whether that's Phillips. Whoever's mm. in the best form, you play them. I, but at, at this stage of the year, when we've just lost to the bottom team and haven't really had anything to get excited about, Play the kids, play Brian, play Draper, just play play them all. Anyone who is on the list that could potentially have any future at the football club, 
give them a game. Mm. Yeah, fair. But admittedly, you look at the list and we're already doing that. There's not a lot of players on our list that um, that I think will make it as AFL footballers that aren't getting a game already. Right. So you look down the list and Cox is injured. He'd be playing if he wasn't injured. Um, the only Baldwin, we can't fit an extra key forward. Um, you know, he's playing Harrison Jones instead of him. Alastair Lord's too young. Zerk Thatcher is, at the moment, is cover. Uh, Josh Eyre and Cody Brand, from everything that's been talked about of them in the VFL, I don't think they'll be on the list next year. Um, Tex Wanganeen, you know, is... He's injured, isn't he? I think he's injured at the moment. Mm. Uh, Jai Menzie, we just picked up, and Tom Hurd is improving, and, you know... He's really the only one that I would say, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him at AFL level if he's ready. Seems mm. to be um, performing okay. Yeah. But there's really no one else on the list that is not injured um, that we'd want to have a look at and get games into. Yeah. So you think just play the young ones? Yeah, I think so. What What have we got to lose? We're, we're not making finals. You might as well, you know, and, and at this point, having lost to the bottom team, we have the potential to drop down to second last and get pick number two in the draft. So why, I, I just don't see any benefit to us winning any games, any more games this year. Mm. It, it doesn't serve us. No, it doesn't, does at it? At all. As, you know, um, seeing good performances, getting the game plan embedded in um, is important, but hopefully not at the expense of finishing lower on the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you might, it's been a disastrous season already. You might as well get the highest benefit that you can, which is mm. a top two pick. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it doesn't – because, yeah, we're not going to really go any higher. We're not going to make finals. So we may as well be able to gain something. Mm. Mm. Who have we got coming up? I mean, we've got the Swans. Got the Swans next week. Mm. Um, so they'll probably smash us again. I hate Sydney so mm. much. I hope we knock out Luke Parker, to be honest. I hope someone I hope Sammy Draper just hits him. The bombers the don't knock anyone out. No, that's true. That's true. Um I mean well that's that's getting into preview territory. Have mm. you got any final thoughts on the Essendon West Coast game? Um No, uh, no, not really. Not really. I think I've covered off my few likes. Dyson Heppel, he had a really quiet game as well. He, like the whole team, he had a really good first half. He was incredibly deadly by foot early mm-hmm. and then sort of fell back into his current habits uh, in the second half and quite a few turnovers and, and that. But early on... The first half was probably the the best half that I've seen for him from him for a number of years. Mm. Um, you know, he he was running at like ninety or a hundred percent efficiency by foot. So mm. and and he was really taking on difficult kicks and they were coming off. Um, he's an interesting one. I mean, it's it's the same discussion that we've been having all season. If he wasn't the captain, would he be in the team? Mm. I don't know. I, um, I don't know. Tomorrow. I'll give you I'll give you a big dislike. Tell me. 8.40 start time. Oh, I don't mind that on a Friday away game. It was so late. I mean, I did only have about four hours sleep the night before. So, you know, that's probably my own fault. But far out, 8.40 was late. I, couldn't, I was struggling to stay awake. Yeah. It, oh, yeah, it didn't, didn't really worry me because... Where I, I think I would, if that was a game that we went to, I wouldn't mm. like it. Mm. But I don't mind it. Um, you know, I got to have a comfortable dinner, not rushing to try and eat before the game starts. And um, Ellie was asleep really by the time the game started. So 
I was actually the opposite. I had dinner and I was trying to kill time. Lucky I had to pack up my things. And then by the time it started, I was ready for sleep. Yeah. It, um, you know, I don't know. It was when you're at home, um, Ash, Ash had gone out. Katie had gone out. So it was nice for me. I had a quiet house for, you know, an hour or so. Got to play some PlayStation before the game started. I didn't mind it, but it is, yeah, it's late. You know, mm. twenty to nine is is late to start a game, uh, but yeah, I didn't mind it. It was fine for me. Yeah, was that six forty Perth time? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's um, yeah, I don't know. Let, let's let's take a little bit of a break, and then when we come back, we can have a chat about Sydney and the direction of the problem. Sounds good. You can get addicted to a certain kind of Resignation till the end, always the end. So when we found that we so Saturday afternoon, one forty-five. Probably our modern nemesis, I would say, uh, the Sydney Swans. We've, you know, over the last sort of five years or so, we've had a lot of close games that we've been on the wrong end of, and then a couple of spankings that we've been on the wrong end of, um, and a, you know. One or two close wins, but um, Sydney in Melbourne and they're they're back in form after the last couple of weeks being a bit down. Mm. Um, mm. Is it at the G? Where is it? No, nah, it'll be at Marvel, surely. I'm not sure about that. I feel like it might surely, be at the G. Nah. I'm going to have a little look now. No way. This is great. Point. MCG. It is, it is the G. Okay. One forty-five Saturday afternoon at the MCG. How bizarre. I wonder if anyone will turn up. Uh, probably not. Only us. Us Only idiots. Us. us and the guys from the Sash, probably from the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. And those guys, those people that sit behind us that Dad's made friends with, with yeah, the wicked yeah. moustache, those people. Yeah. That is a good tash, isn't it? It is a really good one. It's a really good one. It kind of, we're going to um, describe it for the listeners because obviously... Maybe this we is can not put it on the Instagram. ...visual medium, but it's... um really thin twisted and then at the ends it curls around so it's almost like a circle yeah it's 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 definitely the best mustache in football if you um if you ask him if you can take a photo of it to put on our instagram page i will give you 50 bucks okay well uh well i don't know if is our media manager coming on saturday we'll have to find out not sure but um, if you get the photo, I'll give you 50 bucks. Deal. Deal. Done. Um, so, let's talk about this team mm. coming into Sydney. What changes mm. do we make? Um, what changes do we make? Do you think Phillips comes back in and Brian out? I don't think so. You think we keep Brian in? Yeah, I think I think Phillips was a bit sore. What did they say? Managed? Oh, maybe. No, I'm just not sure. I'd rather get games into Brian to be honest. Um, but someone's got to come out for Parish because is Parish um, ready to go? Well, you'd think so. It was a test this week, um, and McGrath is won't be fit. So who comes out? You know, is it Hobbs? Does Hobbs come out for Parish? Um, you know, I wouldn't be dropping Durham. Would you Would drop it... D'Ambrosio? Is that how you say his name? No, because he's playing in defence. Mm. So the the only one I can think of, and it'd be it'd be a bit harsh, but it'd be Hobbs. Someone's got to come out for him, um, unless they're happy with their defensive mix, and it is D'Ambrosio. Um, it's one of those two, I think, that comes out: Hobbs or D'Ambrosio. Mm. Um, and we see, and, and Parrish comes back in, but I don't see any other changes really that we can afford to make. Stewart's going to miss a couple of weeks. I would have brought in Stewart to play in the forward line. He's been killing it in the VFL till he got injured, but mm. they're the only changes I'd make. Yeah, I mean, now that you've brought Langford and Snelling in, you have to kind of you have to stick with them and give them some more game time. Yeah, no, I think they're worth playing for sure. Like I, I would have, they've got an extra a full game under their belt. So unless they pull up sore and, and come in injured, there's no reason to not play them. Mm. Um, McGrath's I, not ready. 
No. I would consider bringing in um, another key back, Reed, to come in. Um, mm. Just because uh, I think Buddy will be playing. Although we've been playing Laverde on Buddy. In I reckon Buddy's going to kick about 15 goals. Yeah, so do I. Uh, Buddy's playing. They've got Sam Reed, and I think they're playing Logan McDonald as well. Mm. So, and they've got a couple medium-sized forwards in Isaac Heaney. Uh, Papley's a small. So, it's yeah, I'd I'd be considering bringing in another key defender as well. Mm. Gosh, I hate Sydney. So much, so much. If all we get out of this game is Luke Parker getting knocked out, I'll be wrapped. I'd take Buddy getting injured. Over yeah, Luke Parker, Luke getting, Parker knocked getting knocked out and Lance Franklin doing a hamstring. They're the two things that I'd be happy with. Mm. In the first quarter. Yeah. Langford style, first five minutes. Yeah, yeah, that'd make me pretty happy. Yeah. But look, I I can't see us winning this. I can't see us getting within four or five goals. No, um, I agree. Not unless we have a an almighty performance, but I doubt it. Mm. They just beat us everywhere, you know? Like... If our midfield can get on top with Parrish back in, then we're a chance. But I just can't see that happening. They've got too much class. They've got too many big bodies. Um, they're too consistent across the ground. And I can't see our defence, if they get an even amount of entries into forward 50 and an even amount of opportunities, I can't see our defence beating their forward line. Mm. Yeah. I think we need Peter Wright to be on and have a good game. We need maybe Snelling a week in the in the AFL side brings him a bit more match fitness and a bit more confidence. Yeah, I don't think he was not confident. I think he was just he just wasn't fit enough. Yeah. Um, he and Langford. So hopefully, mm. hopefully we see a bit more from them this week. Yeah. Um, but the longer this season goes, the more concerns I have around Ben Rutten. And we were, um, I was talking to a family member who has lots of connections to the Essendon Football Club. Was this today? Yeah. Tell me um, more. And he has some really big concerns around our president, mm. uh, some really big concerns around um, the CEO, and he does not rate Rutten at all. Um, can we are we gonna can we have any specifics or any further detail? So uh, talk, talk to me about the president. Um, well, he he just doesn't think he should be there. Um, you know, he was the he was on the board during the whole supplements thing, and you know, the, this family member is very well known and um, and has been very high in many, many companies in the corporate world. So he, know, he knows how to run big mm. companies and he knows how yes. to run things. It's not, it's not my, my cousin who's a concreter. Um, no, I know. I, I do definitely value and respect this person's opinions. I'm just curious as to what kinds of things he was saying. Let's, I, actually, I don't, yeah, sorry, go. I, I get the impression that there might be a board challenge um, mm. uh, yeah, that's that's the vibe I got. Right. Okay, um, so let's talk about Truck. What about Truck is he not rating? Because I, I as a supporter, I'm happy to stick with Truck for another season. Uh, well, he said to me that Truck will never be sacked while Paul Brasher is president. Oh, why is that? Um, I think because Paul Brasher is the one who signed off on truck and the succession plan and that sort of thing. And he's quite a stubborn man. Right. So, so at the end of next season though, both Paul Brasher and Rutten's uh, contract come to an end and they will need to, Brasher will need to be re-elected as president. Um, And then, you know, obviously Rutten will need to sign a new contract. And so, so essentially we have truck for one more year. Yes. And 
either he's going to have to show really good signs early in the season or there's going to be talks about contracts and then he's going to end up getting sacked. If I think, I think if we don't see a season with the improvement that is sort of Carlton-esque this year, I think Rutten will go. Mm. I really like him. I, you can like him as a person. Doesn't mean he can coach. What What about him made them like? Well, clearly, he the, had credentials, right? We're not in the inner sanctum. Mm. He was the head of defence at Richmond during their premiership mm. years, right? And his I I also quite like Ben Rutten. I like his what I can see of his management style. I like the way that he brings a group together. You know, I like all those things. The only thing I, things I don't like are his results, and they're mm. really, really poor. Mm. Um, he came across to shore up our defence, and our defence has gotten consistently worse since 2019. Mm. Yes, correct. Yeah, so we had, I think the back end of 2019, we had, for the second half of the year, we had the best defence in the league. Um, and from that point onwards, we had we started 2020 really well. We went 6-0 in 2020, and then the wheels fell off. And then last year, we were able to outgun teams, but we didn't defend well. And this year, our defence might as well be non-existent. So mm-hmm. if you've come in and you've been at the club for four or five years... And your original portfolio was defence and then you're the head coach and defence has not gotten better. What are, you, what are you doing? Yes. Okay, so said family member was saying what about Rutten, that he doesn't think that he should be there? He just doesn't think he's a good coach. Right. Um, so, I mean, it'd be good for the pod if, if what I'm assuming eventuates. Um, and that said family member may aim to join the football club in some capacity. Mm, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, it'd be great for the pod. We'll get a lot of special guests, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll watch this space. Yes. Well, speaking of watching, while we were at this function, there was a um, – oh, the GWS and – who did they play? Collingwood? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, that game was on the TV. And do you know how happy my little heart was looking in the GWS coaches box with one Mark McVeigh sitting next to one James Hurd sitting next to one Dean Solomon? That that made me so, so happy. Um They were like well, Mark McVeigh and James Hurd particularly my all-time favourite Essendon players. Yeah. And I I really loved Dean Solomon. So just imagine I I was sitting there letting my mind wander to the three of them sitting in the Essendon coach's box. I I really like um, Hurdy. I think he's a footballing genius. Um, I think... I think we need him back at the club in some capacity, to be honest. Mm. Um, and I mean, if what I believe is true and that really he's not to blame for the supplement saga and everything that has happened since with Bomber Thompson, etc., mate, I that guy's so dodgy. And Well, I um, can't see how, right? So Bomber Thompson comes from Geelong. Bomber Thompson brings the weapon and Stephen Dank with him to Essendon, and yet James Hurd takes the fall. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the head coach. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But, like, you know, I feel like Bomber Thompson kind of got off scot-free. That, I mean, we'll never know what happened. That that whole situation mm. was a mess. Interesting, though, that he wasn't at the 150th celebrations, Bomber Thompson. Uh, it's because he's in jail. Is he actually in jail? Uh, no. <laughs> no, but, no, but like, do you know what I mean? If he was so innocent, as he claims. Mm. Um, so, yeah, in, in, you know, 
in reference to your comment, would I love those three at the football club helping with the coaching panel? Yes. I would definitely love James. Look, I'd love James Hurd as senior coach. But James Hurd back in some form of, you know, assistant role that he's doing at GWS right now, I would happily have. Mm. Um, you know, would would I have Clarkson in as senior coach? Yes. You know, Would you? We've got the money. Clarkson doesn't speak Essendon to me. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I think our list is good enough with a coach like Clarkson that we can have really impe- – like we could have really vast improvement quickly. Mm. Yeah. What do we get? Dimmer. Um, maybe we could if he's done at, uh, at Richmond. What else has he got to do? One, three, what a sliding doors moment. We, it, we he interviewed, Knights. yeah, over, I was devastated. It was I must have had a forethought. I was devastated when they didn't give Damien Hardwick the role. Yeah. Yeah. And we took that. I hated Matthew Knights when he played for Richmond. So much. I, I never, yeah, I, yeah, not a fan. That was the beginning of the end. Mm, mm. We've completely gone on a massive tangent and we've stopped previewing the game. Yep. So, um, yeah, we lose. We lose by six or seven goals. Um, we'll be, it'll be a waste of a Saturday afternoon. If you don't have tickets already, don't get any. But if you're mm. at the MCG and you see us, say hello. Yes. I don't think anyone knows what we look like. Well, maybe they'll just have to recognize our voices. Well, yeah, maybe. Also, has um, you guys were talking about three-meter Peter on the last pod. Where's he yeah, at? I don't know. Go and walk about. Maybe he doesn't mm. listen anymore. Maybe, Maybe he's I'll... realised we're rubbish. We're really shit. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. Anyway, we're rambling on. We should we should call this, uh, bring this to a close. Where can Wrap people find up. us, Laura? Um, on Instagram. I can't even speak today. Instagram, at the Donfather Pod. Um, wherever they're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, whatever it is. Uh, I think that's all the all the platforms. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today, Laura. No worries. And until next time. Go Dons. Go Dons.